How are you guys doing today? My name is Vincent. And I'm Francis. And I'm glad you could join us today for some late night chill vibes, the podcast where philosophy, life, and existing as human beings can become a casual discussion. In today's episode, we will be talking about video games. We'll be talking about how we were raised to think about video games. Uh, we'll talk about its role in relieving life's stresses and creating an escape. And we'll talk about its future adoption as it evolves to be a benefit to society. All right, Francis, let's start vibing, shall we? Let's do it. So before we get started, we should probably introduce our guest for this week. He is a third year business student. He is an avid gamer, my roommate, and one of my best friends, Jordan, AKA DJ Games. Hello, what's up everybody? I'm Jordan, like Vincent said. I am glad to be joining the podcast. Um, excited to talk video games, as always. We've known each other for a while, but we weren't really friends just because we were in rival schools. Um, our yes. school was always better, other than basketball. Oh, okay. yo, chill. You chill. guys, you guys cheated on the court for three years in a row, but that's okay. We won't. That's not today's topic. If we had to get into that, Vincent would take another L. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say shit about volleyball. I didn't play volleyball. It was not. It was. I was on the bench. So yeah, today we are talking about video games, and you can tell for the title, there is a struggle, a, the struggle for collision of worlds. We'll talk about that for a bit, but um, let's just go around the room. What does video games mean to you guys? Yeah, video games. Uh, they've been around in my life for a long time. I don't know. Video games for me were always just fun. I, they were just a way I could, I don't know, I always enjoyed sports and I, I had fun playing sports. I was really competitive playing sports, but there was just something about video games that were just, I don't know, I was just better at video games than a, a, anything else. Like I, I was just good at video games and I enjoyed all the different worlds that I could play in. And I, yeah, I, don't, I just enjoyed being I enjoy being good at video games because they're just a nice release. Um, they're extremely fun. They're a good way to pass time. My first, my earliest, like my earliest memories of it were, was I think um, when I was really young, uh, getting a DS for the first time and having Mario Kart on that. Ooh, I spent so much time <laughs> on that game, and I think just the draw of it was the feeling of progression just feeling like really fast <laughs> in something that I didn't need to feel like that I was in danger in like a real car or something I think yeah that was a draw like just feeling like you were invincible maybe I don't know but it was just it was just really fun and then um I remember also when I was really young just playing a lot of those flash games where uh and then stumbling on this site called like arcade prehacks I think yeah, yeah. If you remember Paolo from Elementary oh, School. Oh, sites what? like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the cheaty, the hacky sites. Yeah, those were everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, just feeling that progression, like I said. Like, I loved upgrading stuff in games. And I don't know, for some reason, that was that was my draw. Just mainly that progression that I felt. Yeah. And yeah, they've just been really fun. For me, obviously, video games are just absolutely so fun. Um, but yeah, winning is a big thing, like competition. I, I love that. And the progression, of course, 
Uh, but for me, the what draws video games, that the biggest thing is like being part of that kind of world. In Red Dead Redemption is just a great example of this. It's when there's a, at the beginning of the online game, you create a character. And no matter what video game I play, I always feel that a piece of me is in that character. And like a 2K20, um, NBA 2K, if I play like any sports game, a piece of me is always in there. And even like simple games like like Call of Duty, there's no like real creation in there. But, you know, the way you play the game, there's just a piece of you in there. So that was always that for me was just like the biggest the biggest thing I can connect with in video games. Yeah, I feel that heavy, like a piece of you in that character, like all those skins that you collect, all the the customizations the the like you can just change that person to what you want it to be and do what you want with it like i i saw this poll on instagram between like red dead and gta and i voted for red dead just because like we play it we used to play it a lot um but the majority like i mean like 90 percent of the poll said gta and it definitely makes sense like gta is so it, it replicates real life so well like getting money and like, doing all these ludicrous and lewd i don't know the fucking word but all these things it just replicates life so well and like being part of that universe definitely and it's just massive too (laughs) yeah like it is huge the game has been updating for what is it seven years now 2021 it's gotta be like seven yeah eight years maybe i think didn't it come out 2013 i think it yeah i think it's eight years now that game has been out and updating and there's still no information on GTA 6. I know. Other than it's in the works. That's that's it. We brought up this idea of like how how we were raised, I think, in the intro. And so for me, I wasn't allowed to play like M-rated games till I was around 15 or 16. But I was allowed to play anything, like teen games, anything. Everybody, I guess. Everyone or whatever it's called. But all those games I was totally fine with. So, Francis, I know you remember this. Remember we used to go to MK's house after school or whatever, and we'd just stay there for, like, a few hours, play uh, zombies and shit like that? Um, I I loved those days because I wasn't allowed to have that game at my house, but being at Matthew's house, I was able to play all those games, especially with everyone. That was a big thing, playing with all the guys. Yeah, that was a fun time. Uh, yeah, I think just that, that initial draw to Call of Duty is why, like, I play it to this day. Just because I feel like I feel like part of my uh, early days growing up was uh, <laughs> was uh, in it, just shooting at yeah. things. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was because I didn't have it. It was because like we made that community around all of our friends doing it, and uh, yeah, those are some of the happiest times I remember. I mean, video games were kind of used as a reward for us to do other things, um, which makes sense because like. Yeah, growing up, I wasn't, I was only allowed to play the game if I was that age. So if it was E10, I had to be 10. If it was T, I had to be 13. Uh, and then M, I, I was not allowed to play M games. I mean, I had my ways around it, but I wasn't <laughs> allowed to officially play M games like, uh, until I was in grade grade 11. I mean, I was always a very avid gamer. Like, I always tried to game a, a ton. Uh, we had, 
we got the PlayStation One from my cousins. Hey. Got the PlayStation Two from my cousins as well. Hey. Um, the Wii was the the first Wii. Yeah, the Wii was uh, the first console my dad got for us. A couple years after we moved from Africa, and it was like because me and my brother did really well um in school, and so we got that. Well, okay, yeah. So that just we had all those games. So I was I was always playing video games, um, and throughout high school and stuff. Um, I'm sure they knew that I had my ways of playing the games they didn't want me to play. Like when we went to our cousin's house, they they started gaming way before us. Whenever I went there, they had games I wasn't allowed to play. But you know, I we stayed up really late and played played those games um like not cod or gta or anything like that like they were pretty they were still like just t-rated games but they were just fighting games um and that kind of just got me into it more just gaming with my cousins was so much fun and then gaming with my brothers at home and then that that grew into gaming with um friends as i got into high school like on the computers at at school and stuff or on our phones or whatever Noah, my best friend Noah, got cancer again. And the one thing that we did the first time he got cancer, like all the time, we would stay up in his hospital and like plug in the Xbox and we would just game and game and game and game. Like for hours and hours, play Need for Speed, play this and that, like Star Wars games, anything. Just we would just um, game, watch movies, just vibe. So when he got cancer for the second time, there was this game that was coming out, Battlefield 1, and he was super into that. And he would, he really wanted that game. He he got the game because um, he was at the Ronald McDonald house, so he got it um, like right when it came out. Nice. Um, and he was playing it, and he wanted me and my friend Nate um, to get it as well. So I was able to convince my parents for me to get an Xbox and um battlefield one an m mm. game and i was only mm. 16 you know <laughs> oh. so so yeah shit yeah i took that deal <laughs> i like that story all all three of us it sounds like our roots of video games started with friends and like that oh yeah that whole thing you know for you it was it was family like with your cousins and the same same deal with me like we're so france and i are filipino and um whenever there's like a whole party everyone everyone's gonna be there especially christmas new year's thanksgiving everyone's gonna be there like all the since we were young like what could we have done we played like games outside downstairs or whatever but eventually like as the night goes on you get tired so we just hop in the room we play video games till whenever we have to leave and sometimes we like try to convince our parents to let us stay stay the night so we can just stay up all night playing video games but that route that root of um, playing video games with people that you love playing video games with, it sounds like all three of us have that root. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I remember those parties. It wasn't me playing as much as it was my older cousin just like on Maple Story. actually. <laughs> that, was a, that was an interesting time because whenever there was like a big glitch that came out, like his friends would come over and it was just this huge ruckus. And like, I just, just like crowding around and seeing what was going on. That was a fun time. It starts with the people. Video games has become a huge platform for connection. I think I think we get into this later, but like just to touch on it, like that connection with other people. Um, we talked about this when we were warming up, like communities and stuff within video games. 
and outside of video games like forums and just being part of a video game community is just so nice and it's so much harder to create communities outside of video games because you have to meet more people and all that stuff but when you're walking when you buy a video games you're automatically going to be part of that community and it's going to be a community with just shared interest you know we all we all bought this game so we're all yeah. going to have something to say about it right <laughs> so now i really want to get into this struggle for collision of worlds and one of them is fantasy one of the points that we have is fantasy and how you you escape this world that you're living in right now and you basically enter a new a new world like this kind of like fantasy world um i guess my question is with with that do you guys think that it is healthy way to spend time or unhealthy well you can see it going both ways because there are games made to like be stress-free and just relaxing and then there are other games that aren't exactly meant for that like if i load up cod or like if i load up <laughs> warzone i'm not trying to you know i'm not trying to relax i'm trying to crack some heads <laughs> that's a good point it, it depends on what you're trying to go for because when i'm playing that game like i'm fighting for my life out there <laughs> no i'm just i'm just playing but <laughs> that's a good point though like, you really are yeah like i don't want to lose it's just it depends on the game you're playing because if it's cod or if it's anything that can get competitive i do not want to lose because not only am i it's one thing to be competitive but it's another thing when like you know that you and your squad are decent and you can win and the competition is getting getting there it's getting super intense you don't you you would do anything not to lose like it's so it really depends on the game because there are games that help me completely just chillax and you know there are some games that you're basically invincible so you, you like when i played second son and i maxed out my character i it's, it's, i can do anything i want you killed civilians say it okay yo, yo. you did all of that yeah. you did it all i watched <laughs> no, I it happen no i didn't it's <laughs> false claims um that whole fantasy is it's a part of it it's what makes them attractive yeah getting lost in that's uh, an enjoyment i'll be honest though like for me it's uh the game is always about that escape i don't really i wouldn't say i get stressed over games as much as i get like disappointed that they're so hard at times <laughs> yeah like starting out in call of duty when i was uh like modern warfare when i first got it and i was playing on my pc like i wouldn't win anything like i'd go negative so many times to this to this day like however good i am now like uh, i'm pretty decent i can i can i can go positive a, a good amount of times in a row but i can never get like a positive kd ratio or like uh, a kd ratio higher than one because of how much uh how much i sucked at the beginning and I don't know why, like, it always puzzles me why I just stayed there and just kept grinding away at it because I just wanted to be good at it. And that's, yeah, I think that just goes back to why I get into games. It's because of progression mainly. And it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird motivation for, for sure. I don't think that's a weird motivation. That's completely fair. Like, yeah. I want to get better, you know? Yeah. So keep, keep grinding that game. Like, that's, I... Vinny knows I grind the shit out of video games. Like, <laughs> yeah. There are some games I will sit here for hours and play. Like when we first got into Red Dead 2, 
Yeah. I sat here for days, bro. I <laughs> sat did. in front of my monitor for days. I had, within the first week I had the game, I had like 100 hours played. It was insane. Yeah. I remember, I remember looking at those for the first time. Like we, I don't know, we had it for like... We went ham. Yeah, we had it for like, I, I think the two week mark we looked at it. And in two weeks, Jordan had like seven or eight days. I'm like, bro, you spent half your time with this fucking game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo. <laughs> it was crazy. I want to go back to what Francis said, like that that disappointment. And um, there are so many games out there that has this really uphill battle for a learning curve. And yet it's so, so popular. It's not like when people see that learning curve, majority of people are encouraged instead of discouraged to buy the game. Like when they see the learning curve, they're like, man, I want to be on top of that thing. And I think that's, I think that's really, really good. That's really good to see that people like as a society, we're not discouraged at how hard things are and we're, we feel is more of a challenge and feel encouragement to be the best. I think that's what made Fortnite so popular was the uniqueness of the building, but also I want to be the best at that because it's, it's a unique skill. Like it's not it's not a first person shooter. It's not a third person shooter. It's not it's building, you know, it's it's all of it put together it. So that was I think that's what the initial draw to it is. But the skill just it, it skyrocketed. It's at a point where you're either an average bot or you're a World Cup qualifier. <laughs> yeah, For real, though, for real. Like, they're really they're they're uh slight in between and the thing about cod that makes it different from fortnite is it's not that it is a first person shooter it's not the same it's it is an easier game to be that good at that's why there's so many good players anybody can b hop i b hop yeah. without a without a paddle i'll yeah. b hop on you any day kid <laughs> I'll Sit down. crack some heads <laughs> exactly like slide canceling Slide canceling's easy. You double tap on the on the crouch and you're golden. Like there it's it's a different skill. Like there's just there are games that have harder mechanics than others. So the progression in the those games usually higher. That's why COD has so many active players. Now we have to go into a break soon, but I real quick, I think we should talk about there's this movie I think it's available on Netflix still, but either way, you don't really need Netflix to watch movies anymore. But there's this movie called Ready Player One. And I remember, Jordan, we've watched this movie, I, I think, maybe two or three times already just because it was so good. But I, let, let's talk about this movie for a sec. Um, Ready Player One. Do you guys think that the world is heading this way? And if so, do you think as a society, are we ready for a world that's like Ready Player One? I feel like if we were to shift into that, it would it would end up like the movie, like with all the poverty and stuff. So you're saying that are you saying that society you don't think society is actually ready for this? Not not if it were to be advanced in that way. I don't think we'd be ready for that. That that's a huge advance. I th I know they're working on it, and I'm excited for it. I would love to play a game in the Oasis, or I don't know if you you probably don't watch anime, but like in the anime sword art online it's a whole vr like in in you're in that game what come, what came to mind immediately was that um enough people have to be making these vr headsets 
that it doesn't become like one company owns it all. I think that's the only thing that I'd have a problem with if this ever became true in real life. If one if one company had it like like was the only sole developer of uh, the platform, I think that would be a problem. Um, unless it was like how it was made in uh, Ready Player One, where there was one benevolent kind of creator who just wanted the best for the people who were playing with it. But I don't. Well, yeah. If that if that was the case, I'd I'd be all for it. But uh. Yeah, that just immediately that came to mind. Like, who would be making it? What kinds of what kinds of ideas would they have for people? And as long as it's good, just get people on there to have fun and really just step away from the stress of their own lives for a little bit. I think that's yeah, you know, that's perfect. So you're worried about the corruption that could be behind it? Yeah, yeah, mainly. Yeah, that's fair. That's, no, I no, I agree with that. Legit. No, for sure. Like. I think the one problem I have with a world that's going to be heading towards that kind of that kind of idea of Ready Player One is that collision. Okay, this is going back to it. That collision of worlds, they in that movie, it didn't really smooth out properly. And I think one of the problems, Francis, you're really going to like this, but I think the problem is there was one economy, the real world, and then it's kind of the people, the economy in the video game world really started to butt heads because which world would you rather be in right so if you were if you were really rich in ready player one that in the oasis why would you be why would you want to be poor in the real world on the other hand if you were really rich in the real world you could be really rich in the oasis right and so that collision of that collision of economies that would be for me i think that would be the downfall of video games I think and <laughs> legit that, pay to win it for real yeah. though. Like actually. Yeah. No, no. IOI did that in the movie. It's exactly what happened. Both are very good points. It's the reality of the world today. People are corrupt and greedy. Like it's, it's, <laughs> those are straight facts. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it this though. I think since uh, video games are made by people and that we create the rules, uh, there's always ways around that corruption. If it were to, come to that like in the early stages of video game development if uh you know the people were smart enough to consider these things and say that that's not how we want our game to be that's not what we want to be known for being like a pay-to-win platform then that'd be fixed and i think i think people have enough of a mind (laughs) to 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 decide that that's how they want to do things because you know i think the world is shifting in general to being more uh community focused really uh thinking about each other rather than the profits i hope at least so yeah i agree i agree that that the world is definitely shifting to like more community focused but there's a piece of me that that wonders that if video games turn into this ready player one kind of universe um i feel like that shift to and we've talked about this in spiral dynamics and i think we're going to talk about it at the end of this episode but that shift from community is going to be really disrupted if the if there is an economy within the video game um, kind of universe, I guess. Then that for me, uh, like you said, there's got to be some kind of the fix has to be the rules and everything like that to make sure that that stuff doesn't happen. And so that video games actually we'll we'll probably get into this after the break. Um, but let's just, let's just take a quick break right now. Let the sponsors say what they have to say. What do you guys think? Yes. Okay, we will be back right after this. 
And we're back from the break. So we were talking about what video games meant to us before the break, and we were, you know, going into our experiences about video games and, and uh, yeah, really, really the uh, the juice of it all, where the value lies within our mm -hmm. own lives with video games. And in this act, we're gonna try and talk about the uh, the uh, blur between the reality of video games versus you know the entertainment of video games. And let's start off with the reality of it and step away from the entertainment for a little bit. Do you guys think that video games and, and the virtual the virtual space that video games are allowing us to enter now is going to be useful uh, and practical for humanity going forward? Yeah, I can think of tons of different applications for video games and um, uh, like in the in the future and VR kind of stuff like they can be combined in so many different ways uh, for training purposes, um, for anything, really. Like, if you could create a combat scenario for, like, any type of security, for a soldier, for a cop, uh, you could do it in the medical field, too. I know that they... I heard this somewhere before um, that like gamers would be really good technicians for um, medical devices because a lot of the times now they're using robots to do surgeries or, you know, because they can make tiny incisions and send something in instead of making a big cut and opening it up. So having a video game background plus like, but the medical, the medical degree is probably the issue for the gamers. <laughs> that's, that's where I assume the problem comes. <laughs> that's, that's a funny. fucking good point. To answer your question, I definitely think virtual, the virtual life, how we're stepping into that, is going to be super, super practical and really, I don't know, I don't know if the right word's good, but definitely super practical for, like, for everybody um you know for real life situations for going to combat medical and all that stuff um would i say it's good i don't know i don't know if it's good that we're stepping into virtual more than outside there's that whole argument of whether it's worth it to use your time in a virtual sense rather than spending time like doing real life things that whole argument of which is good is is why I don't really have a strong belief of which one's which, which is better. And so, yeah, I guess my answer is I definitely think it's going to be super practical. And I think it's going to be the way to go just because there's so many things to do with virtual and virtual reality too. But again, like, I don't know at this point, I don't know which one's going to be um, good for a, any individual. When it comes to virtual worlds, it's only as good as the creators who make them, obviously. You know, you really have to have knowledgeable people who have been in this for a long time to create worlds that actually would bring value more than real life would. But I think especially now, since we're all in quarantine, that that value has kind of increased just because we want to feel like we're in a world that's more interesting than it is currently, just being inside all the time. In terms of the future and in terms of practicality, uh, yeah, I guess I was talking about entertainment there but obviously when it comes to practical uses that the creators of the worlds which uh could train people potentially in the military or in medical settings uh the people who are creating those worlds have just this this responsibility that's put on them and just but at the same time 
have the have the, the I, I feel like the best job uh to try and create the worlds that are eventually going to train the future <laughs> okay so. but okay here's my question then do you guys think that creating a virtual world to simulate reality is enough to say that i'm qualified for this job i think i think it has inherently all of the all of the credentials that would come with would come with it because if you can create the world that's used to do all this training and you sucked at it it would be very apparent like right away they'd be like okay okay you're not cut out for this but for the people who really know their shit and uh know what it's like and and know what would really help the the people in the uh, situ- simulation then i think they'd s- like the people who'd hire this guy would really see that i guess that wasn't really the question though like yeah where would you even get this education i don't know i have no idea <laughs> and depending on like the quality of the like obviously there would have to be some sort of uh verification for this virtual reality like training whatever but i think it would be more than more than enough to say you're capable to have the job i don't know it's just like tryouts for anything and it's it's virtual reality right so you're you're still doing that thing and you're controlling it with uh, who knows at at this point there could be like neural it could be a neural um, virtual reality thing where you control it with your mind, you know, so that you're actually doing it. But even if you were controlling it with a, a controller, you're, you still know what you're doing. It wouldn't, I'm not qualified to shoot a gun like I do in COD, <laughs> but yeah. it, it's not the same thing. Virtual reality and video games, that, that there is a separation there. For sure. For sure. So if they were to like if it, if this was a virtual reality like complete simulation where you're you're able to see that they can handle the tasks you're giving them in the specific situation with the tools that they have that they're supposed to use and they're using it in the right way, why wouldn't why why shouldn't they have the job? It'd be an easier vetting process than having to sit in a room and interview someone forever to see if they're the right person for the job. From the from the point of view of the employer, yes, it'd be much easier to see somebody uh, and and kind of vet them if they were put in this virtual environment and tested out there, rather than having to hire them and see how they did beforehand. I think that would be a good benefit to it. But from the trainees point of view within the virtual environment i think it really depends on the approach they have towards the virtual environment yeah in my view of things i I don't think i'd take it as seriously if i was in a virtual environment i wouldn't feel like anybody's life was on on the line i'd take it seriously because i wouldn't want to fail but that'd be it really so yeah there's the downside fair point i didn't think about that yeah the one thing that I think it would be the number one factor to whether if someone is actually qualified based off the results of a of virtual reality is how immersive that virtual reality really is. And so you hear this a lot in, in sports too, like LaMelo Ball would be a great example. Like all the people that criticized him, he's like, his game is not going to translate well in the NBA. It's a totally different ball game in the NBA versus high school and college and all that stuff. Uh, I guess he didn't he didn't go to college. He like went overseas or something. But um, how immersive 
the virtual reality is, it's going to, for me, is what's going to dictate whether that person is actually qualified for the job. And so, for example, military, if if you're going, like you said, Francis, if you're going into it thinking, like, I'm not actually going to die here, like, I'm totally, like, I just don't want to fail, but I'm not actually going to die. So once you put that VR headset on or whatever, whatever it is, or maybe like a neurological connection, if you're going into it knowing that you're not actually going to die, I feel like that's a flawed system. But if they can somehow make it so immersive that you just totally forget that you were in that thing, then for me, that would be like a great example of how well qualified this person is. Um, you know, there could be results saying that this person, if it's not as immersive, there could be results saying that this person is the best person for this job. Um, he's just built this way. He's he's doing this perfectly fine. While another person who actually is good for the job just because of who he is, the results don't show as well because if it wasn't as immersive, depending how immersive that thing is, that would dictate whether it is actually a good way to to say this person's qualified. I, I for sure 100% agree with that. Because like, okay, you know I've been on the Arrow binge for quite yeah. a while now. Okay, but this is kind of funny because I was just, I think I just finished the episode where uh, somebody was tricked into thinking um, a, a virtual, like he was tricked with a virtual reality and he uh, escaped custody and uh, warned somebody that people, were, that the cops were looking for him. And then he was, right after that happened, he was taken out of the uh, virtual world and brought back to reality and he he had no recollection like he had no idea he thought he had killed this person if it ever gets to that point a hundred percent you can have the job because that was real life for that dude it was real life for him and so i mean obviously the arrow it's a tv show it's it there are a lot of far-fetched things in there i'm not gonna deny that but there are also some things that I'm sure are possible. So if that is ever possible, if that technology was used, I think 100%. If you could pass that test using that that level of... Immersiveness? Yeah, immersiveness, then you should be able to qualify. So when we talked about the merging of worlds and this whole um, video games, virtual reality stuff, I immediately thought of this quote I heard um, about Elon Musk. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, games will eventually be indistinguishable from reality, end quote. Musk said before concluding another quote, we're most likely in a simulation. I feel like, okay, there's a bunch of ethics that you could go into when it comes to simulate talks on simulation like if it was ever real if it is real like okay here's a question that i have for both of you should we should we be able to convict somebody based on what they do in a simulation oh hmm yo uh n no because no one no one is actually harmed i don't think if anyone's actually harmed if it's a simulation no one's actually harmed if no one's yeah, actually harmed, like put me I don't in think bars so. for the things I've done in Red Dead, man. <laughs> oh, like if that's okay. the truth, if that's what you want. No, but this is this is saying like you're in a simulation, in, so it's bars. all real. Um, this is a, for me. This is a question of how immersive the thing is, and 
let's say let's say this thing was super super immersive like you can tell the difference like what elon musk said you can't tell the difference between um real life and a video game and if i think if no one is actually harmed then he shouldn't go to jail for that reason alone however however i think it can be used as a judgment of character that i think can be used in court uh, I don't know. I don't know what type of serious level this simulation would be, but if I was in a simulation and it wasn't real, like I knew it, I knew I was in that simulation, I'd definitely screw around. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. It has to be. It has to be a hundred percent immersive, to the point like or, you don't, or have you don't a, like a, a purpose, a real reason. Because if it doesn't have that purpose, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be in there. If, you know, I'm not in there for a reason. I'm there to have fun. Okay, well, take this okay, take this scenario. Let's say that this person is in court. He's being he is being on trial for murder, okay? And so the judge is like, "Okay, you're going to have to do this hyper immersive, hyper immersive uh, video game to relive or redo that situation." And like when you go into it, you won't remember you will not remember that you are in a simulation. And so this is what I mean by judge of character. And so let's say that this person's put into that immersive simulation and they can see what he does and so there's that argument there if he doesn't let's say he doesn't kill the person okay if he does not kill the person then would you say that is strong evidence that he did not actually kill the person in real life no because i don't know i feel like there's ways around everything it has to come up as evidence like before the fact like he wasn't he wasn't told to go in there but they just brought it up because it happened beforehand like, look at what this guy did. Look what he's capable of. And then I think that would be good as evidence. Okay, here's another question, though. Here's another question. If you ever really, really got pissed off at somebody and just just beat them up, <laughs> beat them up in simulation, right? Is that is that like taking the moral high ground because you're not beating them up in real life? I don't know. Like, this is... Because there was a Rick and Morty episode where um, within this sphere or something, within this, like, little little ball in in a in a in a resort you you were in pretty much uh invulnerable like what am i trying to say you're invincible like uh you had siblings shooting at each other and then oh, like yeah. with real guns and they they, they just dude <laughs> they just lived <laughs> so like imagine this in the real world but not like but but you're able to do this in a simulation like is that okay would you treat that as play would you treat that as would would, would that like lead to some sort of insensitivity like a person who doesn't have any feelings because you know he's just desensitized because of what he's done yeah i feel like that could easily go wrong as much as it would like it it probably would be fun i saw i saw that rick and morty episode yeah like there was no consequences you know yeah you no consequences really that's, that's the it. biggest thing so I completely understand why why that's uh, an appeal. There's a relief, you know. There's there's a relief in knowing that what you're doing isn't wrong, you know, because there's nothing bad can come from it. I think my I'm keep going back to this word because for me, if we go back to that Elon Musk thing, that simulation, um, how video games just being too real. This one word, immersiveness. That that's the one thing I keep going back to because that's how I see the future of video games. Is when I when I mean immersiveness, I mean like like you don't even remember you're inside a video game. Like you don't even realize it. And so to answer your question, Francis, 
if the game is so immersive that you totally forget that you're in the video game and you go over and punch the shit out of your neighbor or whatever, then I think it'd be that. I don't know. See, that that to me is a judge of character. That to me is. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> right. So I don't think if video games or not video games, but um, if simulations were able to allow that immersiveness, then I would think it'd be dangerous because then you're detaching from the actual consequences and you're just going into but then at the same time at the same time since it's so immersive you realize that what you're going to do is going to have a consequence you know because you don't you can't make that distinguish you can't make that distinguishment i guess that's a word between real life and a video game yeah and so i don't know i don't think that's why i keep saying it's a judge of character at this point talking about this immersiveness and rick and morty they also have <laughs> a, a, a episode where rick plays this game and it's called uh the life of roy and oh it's oh, exactly yeah. <laughs> what you're talking about it is that exact thing he doesn't you don't remember that you started the game you just think you're this you're roy that like and it, you live an entire life people were watching him play and he's like oh my word he's like 67 years old or blah 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 or something there were different ways to accomplish the 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 game but like it was completely like when he came back he had memories of that life and his his family that he had you know <laughs> that that would be that's a dangerous game to play with yeah i think that if we ever get to the point where real life and video games become so immersive that you don't realize the difference I think that would be a good good time to stop. Stop with this <laughs> entertainment. That, that, that That's terrifying. And the yeah. fact that Elon Musk says that there's a chance that that's happening right now, like that is, imagine, <laughs> just, you do, just imagine you wake up right now and you're like, in, you're back in real life and only maybe a few seconds or maybe a few minutes have passed. You have memories of your whole life in this simulation. Like, that's terrifying to even think about. Like, and not just memories of it. Like, you lived out every You experienced it. You, yeah, that's crazy. I think it would do wonders for, like, the emotional therapy and stuff like that. I think it would be really good in that sector. But anywhere else, it could be extremely dangerous. So, you're saying it ha- it should be regulated? Yo, for sure. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it comes down to, like... Like the big question I'm having and the big like, yeah, the big thing I'm thinking about is uh, whether or not consequences make a better person. In a world with that, where you assume that consequences make better people, obviously you'd want to regulate this stuff because uh, going into this stuff and not having consequences would make worse people because they just, I don't know what would happen to them in there. But if consequences, if for some reason not having consequences made better people because they learn from all the mistakes that they make having a world where you didn't have any consequences would make you a better person so that you'd be more you'd be a better person in the in the real world yeah that's what it comes down to for me then couldn't you say that you can use the simulation to just create the the consequences like to make those consequences to make you into a better person faster yeah exactly that's because if you okay it could yeah it could go either way and if it was that way then i think that you know having virtual reality free for everybody would be i think a better thing it's just that 
I don't know. Not a lot of people would go outside if that was the case. <laughs> but you know, Iron Man or whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call him, it was like what six hundred thousand dollars, half a million dollars for his barf glasses that did this for his emotional therapy. So I think it will be extremely regulated. Maybe not because of rules and regulations, but because of the scarcity and the amount of money it might cost. Yeah. So then in that case, who would you prioritize for it then? I think everyone's going to say the rich people because they're the ones who can actually pay. But the people who need it, like emotionally unstable or whatever, I, I don't even know how this would help them. The struggle for the collision of worlds um, is the idea of immersiveness, right? Is that is that something that we all kind of agree on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ethical boundaries as well, maybe, like what is right and what is wrong. If the world is heading towards it being super immersive, or maybe like not 100% immersive, maybe like 98% immersive, do you think there's going to be a strong majority of people that doesn't want this? Would you say that there's a strong majority that doesn't want this or a strong majority that's all for it? Yeah, I think people wouldn't would be opposed initially just because of how, you know, insane the idea might sound to people who are really rooted in this real world. Yeah, if you had somebody who just who just thinks that um, you know, there's no value in developing yourself outside of the real the world that you're actually in, then I think those people would be opposed to it and you know, that makes sense. But I see it as valuable. The fact that you don't have as much consequences and the fact that you can be away from the world for a little bit. I think like all the hardcore gamers, all the people that have been in this for a while, they're all going to love it because we're all about that, that whole fantasy and being in that world anyways, you know? So I think it'll be really, really... Um, like a step in the right direction i don't know for us but there's a lot of people that don't trust it because with immersiveness comes intrusiveness Ooh. so a lot of people don't want their secrets out there or don't want to share their information which is fair so i think that's where a lot of caution comes from for anything anything like this people don't want to share their secrets I think from uh, that there's going to be a majority of people that's f against it just because, you know, that Francis, like what you said, there's a whole, there's a lot of people that's rooted in the real life right now. For the majority, I think for us, me personally, I would be going into this, I'd be very, very cautious of it just because, you know, real life is just so exciting. There's so many surprises that you won't really get to experience in an immersive video game. Uh, because in an immersive video game, it's very, it's quite controlled, I think. It can be quite controlled. With real life, you don't get that. You don't get that control. And that's why, for me, I'd be very, very cautious. Why do you think there is a negative stigma towards video games? And like a follow-up question would be, why would there be a negative stigma towards the, the uh, exponential growth of virtual reality? I think a lot of the negative stigma comes from people thinking that video games are because people are lazy. That's not that's not it. I if you watch me play video games, you would not think I'm a lazy person. I, I do it efficiently. 
<laughs> I yeah, I don't know. People just don't take it as seriously as other things, which is kind of weird to me because it's a huge advancement in the in in tech. Like video, are you kidding me? Just the thought of that is so cool. They combined video, audio, it's a movie that you can control. It's a movie that you're in, but like more than that too. Like, yeah, I, I think a lot of it comes from the, that feeling that it's because people are lazy and a waste of time um, and nothing can, good can come from it. The virtual reality stuff, it's, yeah, same thing. Like why waste your time in a fake world when there is a real one out here? But the thing with these fake worlds is they're creating real communities. Endless possibilities for other people. Like, it's a huge sector for people now. Whether you're a video game designer, a video game tester, it opened the world for graphics too. If you were once a person that was could only do like video graphics design or whatever, now you have video games too and it's only growing. Like, it's huge. Video games have become insanely big because they, there can be a game for anything. I think it might just be because people don't see the value in it right away. Yeah, life is a game as well. How like in a video game, you have a goal and you reach it through developing skills, just beating on your craft, I guess, and getting better at it every time you play. Life is kind of like that. And I guess the, the stigma towards video games is that you should be spending your time and energy on the real life instead of the video games but i don't i don't necessarily agree with that argument because i think that in life there are times when video games and developing your hobbies and using your mind for things that you enjoy and where you can spend a little bit of your your mental effort in in fantasy and knowing that there's like cooler better things out there is 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 much more is healthy and can benefit you more than spending your time always trying to develop yourself in the real world just just knowing that there's like another thing out there maybe yeah and being able to see that and being able to you know celebrate celebrate what other people have created i think that's a huge part of it too yeah and that only happens in video games and i think that's why there's value in it that people aren't realizing but to boil it down to one word is misunderstanding. Video games is just mis it it's misunderstood industry. Right now it's being viewed as entertainment, as as it should. It's basically an entertainment industry right now, but the growth of it is moving away from entertainment and merging with reality. Like we've said, um, how immersive it can become for you know, even home designers can be a whole thing, uh, medical, military people are just resisting it because it's just being misunderstood as something that you don't really need. Um, I definitely think in the future, we're going to need it a lot more than we need it now. That whole idea of it not being a video game anymore, not being entertainment, but it being part of our lives. It's just not, it's going to make us more efficient. It's going to make us pr more productive as a, hum as a human race. We're just going to be more productive with the merge of video games, I think, or not not video games, but that reality, virtual reality. Both of you guys have said about just games being misunderstood. My parents used to used to hate video games. That like even though they were they gave us the ability to play and let us do that, 
they didn't like it when like when we went overboard which is that's that's fair there was always a hesitation and resistance towards it as well like it wasn't always just when we were going overboard they just didn't really like they'd rather have us playing outside or something mm-hmm. but yeah over the years they have become extremely like their viewpoints have changed dramatically because just of how much the industry has changed over the years and like a big point was when ninja went on jimmy fallon because my mom loves jimmy fallon and watches him all the time so that was huge because when he explained to the world that watching video games and gamers on twitch is like watching other pro sports athletes that are just better at your craft you know that they they know what they're doing um and they're teaching you how to be better like just explaining that helped uh a ton and that was the near the end of my high school but at that point they 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 understood you know it video games is more than just me sitting down and wasting time for hours it's it's more than that just yeah that misunderstood is huge video games is just more than video games it can it's something that you know people can connect with other people and you know be better at something you know it's a craft that you can work on all right uh jordan thank you so much for joining us now we're going to give you like a minute here or whatever um, say what you have to say to the people, give yourself a shout out or whatever it is, uh, but you have a whole minute to yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. It was a blast. Uh, I just enjoy talking video games, you know, anything anything I'm passionate about, I, I'd come on the podcast for. So yeah, you can have me back anytime. And I stream every, occasionally, DJ games on Twitch. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll link it. We'll link it. We'll link it down in the episode description. Just get um, it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jordan, we'll, we love having you. We'll definitely talk to you again, maybe a future episode, maybe music. I know that that's something that you're passionate about too. But yeah, we loved having you. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. Yes, Jordan. Thank you. Um, all right, let's go to a quick break. Let the sponsors say what they have to say, and then we'll be right back with some major questions. Um We'll be back right after this. And we're back from the break. So now we're going to go into the questions. As per usual, we encourage you guys to think about these yourselves, and we're just going to try and answer them uh, to the best of our knowledge. So first one, should there be a restriction in the future? I feel like we kind of touched on this. What do you think? Yeah, we did touch on it. Yeah, I definitely do want to reiterate. Um, What they did in Ready Player One, how there's no... Tuesday Tuesdays there's no video games I think I think that's very good but I think there's a better way of doing it I think maybe it should be like a daily thing from this time to this time you can play video games for me I would say anytime before lunch you can't play video games <laughs> um you know give the morning to the morning give the morning to the day or the day to the or whatever it is um you know you just woke up you don't want the first thing to do is hop in a video game uh it's something that I do but depending on how immersive eventually it gets, I think that's to be a good way to start uh, restrictions. I don't know. I feel like people wouldn't follow that. <laughs> I feel like, oh, but but they have to. Okay, that's the thing. Okay. Yeah, like uh, if the servers are shut down, like you can't yeah. fucking know. 
yeah 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 uh is ruby different i think restrictions uh i, I don't think there, there should be restrictions i say okay. i say i say let them let them do whatever they want to do uh, and see what happens i'll leave yeah, it see because i, see I don't know what, what happened yet <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah for, we're we're flying by this pretty quick um for those listening it, we're just running uh, a lengthy episode here we just don't want you guys to you know skip this over just because it's long it's fucking it's a great episode uh okay so francis spiral dynamics in mind for those who haven't seen our spiral dynamics episode we definitely think you should check it out maybe after this episode um definitely check it out but spiral dynamics in mind how can video games have a healthy relationship with a future turquoise society let's define it real quick turquoise society uh, a turquoise society is one where everybody is working for the group or the whole. You don't you prioritize the whole over yourself 100 percent of the time. Yeah, to add on to that, like the difference between turquoise society and other societies or other colors is the other colors that were more community based is just that it's community. But turquoise society sees like everything as one. So there's no community versus community. It's the whole earth is one united front um that's that's the main thing about turquoise society so that being and there's no more ego that's a big thing too there's no more i it's all about whatever you do it's for the it's for the unity of the world and so that being said how can video games have a healthy relationship in a turquoise society honestly that's kind of an interesting question because all video games have a aspect of competition to them at least in, in my mind there's nothing really where you're just doing things for the sake of doing things, except for maybe Minecraft. Well, how about Ooh, how about it being how about virtual virtual reality being immersive? How can that be a healthy relationship in a Turkish society? Yeah, I could see I could see uh, the person versus environment uh, argument being a real good one for this. If people were trained to go against the environment and really be able to mold it and and create something better out of it for the goodness of for the good of you know humanity as a whole or the ecology of 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 the earth as a whole then that would be good <laughs> i don't know how they would do that though i feel like that would be the only way that video games would succeed in this kind of society because any sort of competition i feel like would be against the turquoise kind of ideology so no i i agree i think i think the video games aspect of it would not be would not work in a turquoise society and so that's why I changed it a little bit. And how about virtual reality uh, being so immersive? I think virtual reality being, if it becomes super immersive, I think it can definitely have a healthy relationship in a turquoise society. Um, you know, it can be, in a sense, it can be um, situational practice. You mm, know, if, yeah. there, if a situation comes up where you have to choose between one thing or the other, um, what would you pick? And so after taking off those virtual reality glasses, you can see like the majority who pick the majority of people pick this one or this is the wrong choice or whatever it may be. It can be because this this was a problem that we had when we made this episode, when we made that Spiral Dynamics episode is how can someone tell that they made the right choice in a turquoise society? And I think that's how virtual reality being so immersive can have that healthy relationship in a turquoise society is kind of that knowledge passed down or wisdom i guess yeah so when do video games start becoming fun or stop becoming fun i think it's different i don't know if it's different for different people maybe it's universal but 
you know, in my mind, uh, when video games start becoming fun, it's when I think it's a mixture of the story that the video game tells, facts, the technology that's involved. You think it's really cool, and just the fact that you can, like, like, like any other thing, it depends on the person. So if you really just, just connect with it, connect and vibe with like the controls of it, and just like, oh, you're just in it. Oh, then there you go. It's, it's fun right away. Uh, when it stops becoming fun, how people have such a large impact on it becoming fun in the first place, I think people can be the reason you stop playing, definitely, because uh, of toxicity or what have you. And maybe you just grow out of it. Yeah, yeah, you just grow out of it. I agree with that first. I, I agree with your second point, too, how like the people part of it, too. Um, maybe the community within the game or the people that you play with, whatever it may be. But um, my answer would be how connected I am to, you know, the the story maybe might be the story or the character or the game itself. Um, we can take a few examples here. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. My connection to the game is like just the progress I've made from when I started to where I am now that connection and for me when for it to stop being fun for modern warfare to stop being fun for me is when i had a disconnect with how fun or how how good uh, i used to be i guess um apex legends i have that disconnect with it now i used to be so good at that game like i started playing it the day it came out and then i stopped playing it for a while um and so i tried going back into it and i just couldn't connect with it anymore so i just deleted it immediately basically the walking dead game i immediately connected with the storyline um how the canary how the characters interact with each other how they develop and i from from season one to season four i fell i was in love with it every single episode um i fell back in love right it's kind of it's like i i was in love every single time every new episode i was in love again yeah, that, that for me is when video games start being fun, is having that connection to it, whether the story or the character or whatever it may be, or progress. And then that that disconnect from those things is when it stops being fun for me. Yeah, that's a good answer. It's like simple like that. I feel like that's what you're trying to say. It's like it's like it's it's just it's just there and then it's not. And sometimes sometimes it is that simple and I totally agree. Yeah. For example, one great example of this is my favorite video game might be different from your favorite video game. See, because the, the, we have different connections to different games, right? So that's why that's why I think as a general answer, the connection to that you have to the game or the story or whatever um, is like kind of an indication of how much fun you're having when you're playing that game. All right, everybody. So we talked about a lot of things today. We had Jordan on the podcast. Jordan's yeah. a great guy. Awesome guy. We hope to have him on here soon again. Uh, but yes, so starting off, we just defined what video games were to us, their value to us as people, um, how we grew up with them and kind of our views uh, on them because of, you know, outward opinions and all of that. Uh, act two, talking about it a little bit more, we went into virtual reality, uh, all the ethics uh, all of the ethics be behind it, um, how how important virtual reality will be in our future as a practical sort of training. Uh, Vincent brought in this really good point about how immersive it is and how that factors into how you have to talk about the ethics and how useful it is in the future. 
head in act three we ask those three questions and we encourage you guys to think about it yourselves as well yeah and um we have our socials in the description of this episode um, so you, if you guys have any answers that you want to share with us or have any new episode ideas or something that you want to be part of please do go check out our socials be part of the community we encourage all of you guys to share your to share your ideas with us we love reading the comments that we have on instagram and on tiktok and all that stuff so please go check out our social media and um we yeah that's about it so thank you guys so much for listening and vibing with us on late night chill vibes i'm your host vincent and i'm your host francis and we'll see you guys all next week thank you so much for listening we love you all we love you all